This is Nightline. Tonight, SeaQuest, the company calling itself the world's fastest growing aquarium, popping up in malls across America. Please consider bringing an extra 10 or $15 with you to really be able to have the full SeaQuest experience where you can hand feed and hold and touch. But some visitors claim they were injured. I saw blood on my shirt and I realized like, oh, she really got hurt. And some former employees say the company puts profit ahead of animal care. It was like a dice roll, what animals got to see the vet. What you need to know the ABC News investigation uncovering what you might not see in the fish tank. Plus, Dune Part 2. Epic sci-fi film back on the big screen. I won't be fighting for him. I'm fighting for my people. Picking up where the first left off. Kind of feel like the movie ends and you really want to see where it goes. The it cast of the moment with stars like Zendaya stunning on the sand carpet. Plus Florence Pugh making her Dune debut. You underestimate the power of faith. Like I'm entering my queendom era, but I've got some work to do. So I'm like elevated princess. And dynamic dinner pricing? One of the nation's largest burger chains planning to surge price its menu. Will other fast food chains follow? Nightline will be right back. Good evening and thank you for joining us. I'm Trevor Alt. Tonight, it's a mall experience that's a little extra. Sequest Aquariums, promising the fun and wonder of getting up close with exotic creatures. But an ABC News investigation has uncovered dozens of reports of injuries to visitors and questions about the treatment and care of the animals. Here's ABC's Ariel Reshef. Is that high enough? For Helen DeMori Callejas. You look like you're in an airplane. Nothing is more important than taking her two daughters, four-year-old Deanna and two-and-a-half-year-old Lola, on new adventures. Otherwise, we're cooped up in the house. They might be on screens for too long. It's part of the reason why one hot summer day in 2022, Helen and her husband decided to take the family to the Ridgemar Mall in Fort Worth, Texas. We saw the big sign for Sequest, and I thought, oh, you know, I've never been to an aquarium with the girls. They would love that. A staff member actually came up to us and said, you can interact with the animals. You can touch all the animals. But at the Stingray Touch exhibit, the afternoon ended in tears for Lola after she was bitten on her finger by a grouper. All of a sudden, she, like, shrieked. And at first I thought, okay, it was a fish bite. It wasn't until I was holding her and she moved her hand that I saw blood on my shirt. And I realized, like, oh, she really got hurt. It's a very different experience than the one Sequest advertises. Founder and CEO Vince Covino. Hey, Sequest fans, we've noticed a, a high demand. Promotes the aquarium on social media as a place where you can interact with the animals. Please consider bringing an extra 10 or $15 with you to really be able to have the full Sequest experience where you can hand feed and hold and touch. And it's all set in the most unexpected place. These are right in the middle of America's malls. Right in the middle of America's malls. Easy access, shopping, grabbing lunch, and go put your hands on baby animals. They attract parents who want to show a great time for their kids. Operating in seven states, they say they're the fastest growing aquarium in the world. Tonight, an ABC News investigation uncovering what you might not see in the fish tank.
this is enough. This is enough. I have to do something about this. Several former employees from across the country speaking out. The reason I had left was because of the treatment of the animals. Do you feel that the animals' quality of life was sacrificed so they could make money? Absolutely. Yeah. Some were interviewed by ABC's affiliate stations without showing their faces. They say they signed a confidentiality agreement and are worried Sequest will retaliate. At any point, did you feel guilty? Every day. Pretty much every day. Federal and state agencies citing Sequest over the past eight years for issues ranging from human injuries, potential disease hazards, inadequate care of animals, and in some cases, conditions that led to animal deaths. They keep operating when they get fines. This is about profit. In past interviews, the company's founder, Covino, said the majority of guests enjoy their time at Sequest and that he's quick to address any issues that arise with regulators. We're committed to, co to cooperating with all the, all the authorities as, as we're doing currently. We are in full compliance with all of them. Sequest told ABC News in a statement that their number one priority is to ensure the health and safety of their animals. They say that they host millions of visitors each year and with hundreds of employees and thousands of animals, injury and animal mortality, though very rare, exist. But critics say that Sequest could do better, pointing to how the USDA, which is the federal agency that issues licenses for zoos and aquariums, has cited Sequest over 80 times in the past five years. What is the concern with humans interacting with some of these animals? Wild animals are just that. They're wild. They can hurt people, and a lot of time they just want to get away from you. In all, our investigation found at least 76 times people reported being injured by the animals at various Sequest locations since the first one opened in 2016. Some even uploading pictures of their alleged injuries on social media pages and review sites, including this person who posted on Yelp that he was attacked by a monitor lizard that was sitting in an open tank with no warning signs. Another posting on Facebook about how frustrated they were after their three-year-old son was hurt at Sequest Iguana exhibit. You like to do painting? What else? Back in Texas, Helen says she was shocked by what she describes as the staff's reaction to her daughter's injury. They offered me a few band-aids. I think I filled out an incident report. It just seemed like, almost like it was a normal occurrence. Concerned about infection, Helen eventually took her daughter to the doctor who prescribed antibiotics. Sequest said that guest and staff injuries are extremely rare, but if one does occur, they have standard protocols in place to address the injury and evaluate the overall safety around the occurrence. There should be some information preventatively given to the public before they even interact with the animal. At the Schwartzman Animal Medical Center in New York, Dr. Latoya Latney is a senior clinician and a specialist in zoo health management. She told us about the safety protocols in place at many large-scale zoos and aquariums. If someone does get um, injured, immediate medical care and a plan for how that's laid out. This hospital is available here. There is an urgent care here. This is how far it takes, how long it takes to that. I'm a little up. Some of Sequest's former employees who spoke to ABC News said that some of the issues at the aquariums came about because of pressure from management to sell interactions. Just make more for the interactions. Just make more. We're making money. We're making money. We're making money. When Kaylin Whitney first heard about Sequest, it seemed like it could be her dream job.
I had always wanted to be like a zookeeper. It just seemed like too good to be true. She started in 2021 at a location in Woodbridge, New Jersey. But the longer she worked, the more concerned she became, providing us with photos that she and other employees took of animals that looked sick or injured. She said many did not receive proper veterinary care. It was like a dice roll, what animals got to see the vet. Sequest said many of their animals are rescues, with the Woodbridge location acquiring many that were in poor health that they worked diligently to rescue, but several were too unhealthy to save. They said the vast majority of deaths are from natural causes and that each location has dedicated veterinary team members who do walkthroughs of all exhibits and enclosures. The people in management were the ones who were like super out for money. 1,200 miles away in Minnesota, our affiliate obtained a series of internal messages sent between employees there last April through June, discussing the otter exhibit and whether they had been properly vaccinated for rabies. Rabies vaccinations are non-negotiable, period. If an animal has rabies and they're exposed to the public, that is a situation where a person could die. As seen in promotional videos, a top attraction at Sequest is feeding the otters. According to the internal messages, a veterinarian flags last April to the director that the otters are past due for rabies since January and cannot be on interaction until they are up to date. The director asks if they can continue the interaction because the plexiglass makes a bite nearly impossible. The vet says no. Two months later, in June, the vet warns that she learned the interactions had been occurring while the otters were supposed to be in quarantine following their vaccination, directly in violation of the Animal Welfare Act. Sequest disputes this, telling ABC News that there was no direct public interactions with the otters during this time. I've heard PETA call me the codfather. Covino has not shied away from pointing out Sequest's success, including in this video that he posted on his website, where he advises entrepreneurs on how to start a small business. Profit margin is the bottom line. Literally, it's the bottom line, is how much money am I making? In his TikTok videos, we get a glimpse of his success. Can I ask what car you have? Uh, it's McLaren 570S. And he has reminded employees on the threat of termination not to speak about the business. Our Minneapolis reporter acquired this internal video. It was sent to Sequest employees in Roseville after a power outage caused a fish to die. Covino says it was due to sabotage, but the company says they didn't file a police report. We don't talk about these things outside of the team. Uh, apparently that happened this morning. It's very important. It's very sensitive. Uh, could lead to termination. In New Jersey, Kaylin was eventually fired from her job at Sequest. She admits she made mistakes, receiving five write-ups for various incidents, including leaving an iguana's enclosure open at closing time. But she believes that her mistakes are not why she was terminated. Did you ever sound the alarm with your colleagues, with your bosses, that you felt like these animals were not getting the treatment they deserved? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah, I did. They did not like me for that. What would you say to people who may hear your story and say she's just a disgruntled ex-employee? I didn't start working on fighting against Sequest because I got fired. It took a few animals like dying off that I cared about for me to be like, okay, this is enough. It had nothing to do with me getting fired. Sequest says that Kaylin was terminated due to subpar performance and lack of safety adherence. And they say they have no record or recollection of Kaylin raising any concerns while she worked there.
Back in Texas, Helen and her family hope that their experience serves as a warning to other families. I would not recommend going and, and giving my money to this place. Our thanks to Ariel. When we return, Timothy Chalamet and Florence Pugh talk sand, sci-fi, and worm riding in Dune Part 2. Hey, I'm Andy Mitchell, a New York Times bestselling author. And I'm Sabrina Kohlberg, a morning television producer. We're moms of toddlers and best friends of 20 years. And we both love to talk about being parents, yes, but also pop culture. So we're combining our two interests by talking to celebrities, writers, and fellow scholars of TV and movies. Cinema, really. About what we all can learn from the fictional moms we love to watch. From ABC Audio and Good Morning America, Pop Culture Moms is out now wherever you listen to podcasts. As in previous campaigns, it's the economy, stupid. We'll be looking at that this morning. First, though, it's the news, stupid. It is the economy, stupid. It's not the economy, stupid. It's national security, stupid. It's the hair, stupid. In 1992, one of the best-known pieces of presidential campaign wisdom was born. It's the economy, stupid. But was it actually the economy that won Bill Clinton that election? In a new series from the 538 Politics podcast, we're taking a look back at conventional wisdom from past elections with a critical lens. Where did that wisdom come from, and does it hold up today? Find the Campaign Throwback series in the 538 Politics feed wherever you get your podcasts. Welcome back. Dune, the epic sci-fi tale adored by generations, is gearing up to return to the big screen. The much-buzzed-about sequel has a lot to live up to. The 2021 adaptation was a critical rave. It received a whopping six Oscars. And ABC's Maggie Rooley sat down with two of the stars of Dune Part 2, Timothy Chalamet and Florence Pugh. What was it like working in the desert? You kind of have to stop gawking at the, <laughs> at the amazing scenery in front of you and be present to the moment in the story. But a real dream come true to go to these locations and feel like you have purpose there. Bringing light to the story that people have loved for decades now and, and hopefully doing it justice. Actor Timothy Chalamet is back on the big screen in Dune Part 2. Nothing's clear. Reprising his role as mythic hero Paul Atreides in the sci-fi sequel fans have been waiting for. Joining the franchise this go-around, actress Florence Pugh. What was it like entering the world of Dune? Oh my god, amazing. I mean, I literally fell in love with the movie as the world did. You've been preparing me my whole life. In some sense, I kind of had, like best of both worlds because I got to watch the first one. I got to see the kind of like worldwide phenomenon for it. Being on those sets, it's you can't quite describe walking amongst that much talent and that much creativity bursting at the seams from both crew and cast. It really does make you just soak every single second in. It was really, really special. Straight ahead, please. The all-star cast from Florence to Timothy to Zendaya and Austin Butler have been turning heads with their futuristic fashion, staying true to the movie's desert themes on sand carpets. On the silver screen, the film picks up right where the first dude left off. You are not prepared for what is to come. 
What was it like to jump right back in? It was just a dream because I, like many people that watch the first movie, you kind of feel like the movie ends and your, mm. your, your thought was interrupted and, and you really want to see where it goes. This time around, I'd very much like to be equal to you. Timothy's character dives headfirst into his romance with Chani, played by Zendaya. I will love you as long as I breathe. And non-stop action. Can we talk about the worm riding? Yes. That is so yeah, cool. Yeah, that's one of my favorite parts of the movie. It must be. How much training did it take? It was a violent rig with wind and sand that would blast in my face with an industrial fan. And it gave you the impression that you were riding on a worm far off in the desert, 8,000 years in the future. Yeah. Which you both did really coolly. Really? Very cool. May thy knife chip and shatter. And he gives it his all in some brutal fight scenes. Did you get injured at all? Some days we left bruised and battered. It was so intense and fast-paced and, and just brilliant. Florence plays newcomer to the Dune universe, Princess Arulan. Wadib, the prophet. The one who points the way. The headstrong daughter of the Emperor, played by Christopher Walken. You'll only end up humiliating yourself. You underestimate my Sadaka. You underestimate the power of faith. Like, I'm entering my queendom era, but I've got some work to do, so I'm like elevated princess. <laughs> no, no, I'm not cool enough for that. <laughs> See, that, that's what comes with queendom. Having not been in the first Dune, mm -hmm. getting thrown into Dune Part 2, what was it like? I got to spend most of my time, obviously, with Christopher Walken, which was just a lifetime win. <laughs> um, and then towards the end, I got to be with this gang. So I, I kind of got, I got all, all, of, all of the great bits. You got to wear I, some I got amazing some costumes. Oh, yeah. I got costume. some costumes. I mean, you look fabulous. I did know coming into it that, like, I mean, the costumes were one of my favorite things in, in the first movie. So I knew being princess, Emperor's daughter that I'd probably have some pretty wicked <laughs> head rigs and there were outfits that I would never have even thought she'd be wearing and that added so much context and, and layering to my character that I, I wasn't even aware of. The film, a departure from Florence's anguished performance in Oscar-nominated Oppenheimer. I told you, Rob, no more flowers. I don't understand what you want from me. I don't me. want anything from you. And Timothy's recent turn in Wonka. My name is Willy Wonka. You see, I'm something of a magician. Prepare to be amazed. This isn't the first time Timothy and Florence have worked together. They both starred in 2019's Little Women. What are you doing? I'm looking at you. I mean, what do you intend to do? What was it like to be together again on Dune? It's obviously a, a one, it's wonderful to be back with him. Yeah. It's felt like such a privilege to be able to, when I walked on that set, to be able to watch my friend really lead yeah. and really kind of grow and rise to the occasion of what this movie means. It's just amazing, uh, you know, Florence was so kind there, but just seeing how her work and careers exploded and how she's carried herself the exact same way and, and uh, just what an awesome human being she is. Friends off screen, hoping to make blockbuster gold on screen together again. Our thanks to Maggie. Dune Part 2 opens Friday. And when we come back, how much more you could pay for that Baconator.
Finally tonight, Wendy's plan to surge price its menu. Two Dave singles. How much would it cost? Well, that depends on what time you're asking. Wendy's, one of the country's biggest burger chains, says starting next year, menu prices will vary during the busiest parts of the day. It's so-called dynamic pricing. It's been used for years by airlines and rideshare companies, and now it's coming to a drive through near you, likely to bump up the price of that Baconator combo during lunch or dinner rushes. And the reception to the announcement is a little bit, let's say, Frosty, one user on X writing, surge pricing is just price gouging by any other name. But experts say if the move boosts Wendy's bottom line, other fast food giants will likely follow. And that's Nightline. You can watch all of our full episodes on Hulu. We'll see you right back here at the same time tomorrow. Thanks for staying up with us. Good night, America. As in previous campaigns, it's the economy, stupid. We'll be looking at that this morning. First, though, it's the news, stupid. It is the economy, stupid. It's not the economy, stupid. It's national security, stupid. It's the hair, stupid. In 1992, one of the best-known pieces of presidential campaign wisdom was born. It's the economy, stupid. But was it actually the economy that won Bill Clinton that election? In a new series from the 538 Politics podcast, we're taking a look back at conventional wisdom from past elections with a critical lens. Where did that wisdom come from, and does it hold up today? Find the Campaign Throwback series in the 538 Politics feed wherever you get your podcasts.